0: Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. And on this episode, I am joined by Kelly Abonda, who is a positive intelligence coach with Design Your Detour. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for our conversations today, Nicole. Well, I always love chatting with you and you had a post on Instagram around the Thanksgiving holiday that really intrigued me. Um, Three Mistakes that increase your holiday stress. And I could certainly relate to all of them. Um, I know that as enjoyable as the holidays can be for so many people, um, there are also times that it can be a stressful situation. You know, personally, my family, um, we lost the matriarch of my family almost two years ago. It'll be two years two days after Christmas. And so for people who have gone through loss this time of year, it can be a tough time um, to navigate. If you have um, dysfunction in your family or we've seen a lot of families fractured over the last decade or so with politics and um, you know that could be um, another reason But I wanted to go over those top three mistakes and talk about um, maybe give people tips, a tip or two how they can navigate those um, situations. Um, But before we do that, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, PQ and how that is changing or um, influencing people that you coach. Yeah. So I am,
1: as you know, so excited to talk about positive intelligence or PQ for short, just like emotional intelligence is EQ, positive mm-hmm. intelligence is, is PQ. So PQ is a program that is based on neuroscience and psychology together that helps people to permanently rewire the negative critical brain that they have. So if you have a lot of inner chatter that is causing you to overthink or to procrastinate or to replace situations over and over again, or to avoid conflict or anything that causes extra stress, that means that a part of your brain is active that we really want to decrease and refocus in a new part of your brain. And PQ is a program that makes that accessible. So, I think we all know in some general sense, it's better not to have negative thoughts. It's better to have positive thoughts. We know that in theory, but PQ is a way that you can actually, at the cellular level of your brain, start to rewire that so that your default becomes the more positive outcome versus focusing on all the things that are, or could, or did go wrong. And when you're talking about holidays, that's a big part of what can happen for us because, as you mentioned, for many of us, going to be with family in this season can bring up either pain because of a loss of a loved one or stress because you are around difficult people that normally maybe you're not around. So it was really apparent to me this year in my friends giving. So I was at a friend's house for Thanksgiving, and there were multiple people in that circle that had never spent a, a Thanksgiving holiday not with their family. Mm. And they were all reflecting that this was their best Thanksgiving ever. That's not to say that they didn't enjoy time with family in past years. That's not to say they don't love their family, but there's a certain level of stress that can come with being in those situations that bring all kinds of different personalities and conflict and family styles. And a lot of times you are um, falling into roles that you grew up having even if you're not really that same person as an adult. And that's stressful for us. And trying to figure out how to navigate that while respecting the people who we love in our family without disrespecting our own self is a really hard thing to navigate. So PQ and the skills that my clients learn when they go through PQ and gain all of the tools inside that program can help them when they go into a stressful situation It doesn't mean the stress is eliminated. It doesn't mean suddenly the offensive relative who says off the wall things isn't gonna be there or still saying those off the wall things. Mm -hmm. What it means is you have better tools to handle when that stuff happens. So the post that you're talking about, those those specific things,
0: should we tell the the listeners what those three things were? Yes, and before we do that, I thought of one other stressful situation because I will be doing this traveling. Mm. You know, if you're at an airport and your flight gets canceled or weather comes through and, or you've have combat, combative people on your plane, or you get phone calls that are unexpected and you're not able to (laughs) manage them. There's all sorts of things that can cause that added stress, but yes, we will go to the top three mistakes that people make. um, Yes. And these are things that we do to
1: increase stress instead of decrease. So there's always going to be stress in those circumstances. Like all the things you just said, what if your flight gets delayed? What if the person next to you is talking really loudly or saying something offensive? What do you do now? There's stress. What if there is a miscommunication with the person who's supposed to pick you up at the airport? There's all kinds of things that are going to happen. So one of the things you and I were talking about this, Nicole, that I love about PQ and you were saying it too, is like it's meant for real life application. It isn't toxic positivity to say like, oh, just think positive thoughts and everything's gonna be fine. That's not it. And it's not saying it will eliminate stress from your life. It really is tools for how to handle it. So these three things are things that you might be doing that are actually increasing your stress level even though you're not aware that it's doing that damage, you might actually think these are helping you. But the right. one of the biggest ones, number, mistake number one, is trying to please everyone. And, and I've
0: definitely been guilty as charged on that.
1: Yes, and I think it can happen for anybody. It definitely happens for people who have had a role inside of their family as a peacekeeper, as somebody who... Um, like handles navigating difficult things and makes it okay for everybody else Mm -hmm. if that's your kind of personality this is going to be extra hard for you it's also hard for people who like the example you gave Nicole about losing your mom inside of that dynamic people in a family take different roles in trying to navigate through grief Mm -hmm. so if you have been the one that's comforting other people rather than being comforted you may find yourself falling into this trap of trying to please everyone, make sure everybody else is happy, mm-hmm. even if it's at your own happiness, that expense of your own happiness. And so it, you know, when you're talking about holidays, it can, it can take a lot of forms, but when we talk about PQ, so the, the base of PQ is that every brain has saboteurs and sage mm-hmm. and the saboteurs are given different names. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but this, trying to please everyone, there's some specific saboteurs that can rise up. And those are pleaser, stickler, and hyperachiever. Those kinds of, if you've got those in your mix of saboteurs, you're going to really focus on wanting to make sure every, everybody else is okay. And what that does is it puts you at the back. Mm-hmm. And if you've been in that situation, I'm sure listeners who Feel this that go. Oh, yep. I'm trying to please everyone, and I get frustrated at myself. If somebody else is upset, I feel that. Mm-hmm. If somebody else isn't happy, I feel that.
0: But if they're happy and I'm unhappy, that's okay. Or What's resentful. Happening? Yes. And they're happy and you're unhappy, but you haven't put up the boundary or laid out the expectations of what you're looking for. You're just assuming. For someone else to understand what your needs are that's right especially if you are used to looking out for other people's needs
1: you might think that other people have the same ability to look out for your needs and that's actually another mistake it's not one on the list but assuming that other people have the same skill set as you and are going to show up the way you're showing up that's going to just cause more stress because that expectation is not actually realistic so I remember a therapist saying this to me years ago, and at the, at the moment he said it, I disagreed with him adamantly, and now I'm like, nope, he was right. <laughs> like really believing that people are doing their very best, mm-hmm. even when their very best is disappointing or hurtful. So not assuming that they're doing those behaviors to be hurtful right. or to appear not to care, but they're probably just doing their best. They're coming from a hurt space as well. So this, this concept of like, I feel the pressure to have to please everyone is going to just cause you even more stress. So recognize before you even go into a situation that you have this desire, look back at previous holidays and think if you can figure out what was happening before you found yourself being the most frustrated in those interactions. If you are a pleaser it's probably a time when other people weren't getting along or you perceive that somebody else was unhappy with you. So you'll start to think about what your triggers are Mm -hmm. so that this year, maybe you could have a new response.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know on the example that you were talking about where asking yourself, was that person's response? Not asking, was it their best? but rather reframing it and saying, what if it was their best for me, that worked, you know, not just assuming that they mailed it in, they weren't thinking of me, they were, or they were malicious and trying to hurt me, but asking myself, what if that was the best that they could give? And can I be okay with that? And, you know, when you think about it that way and you see that, oh man, if that's the best that they can give, then because you, I don't want to be judged if I'm doing my best and someone comes back to me and, and says, that's still not good enough. That doesn't feel good. And that's certainly not something that I want to put on someone else, especially knowing that I have very high expectations for myself. Not everyone has those same expectations.
1: Yes, the The hyperachiever saboteur and the stickler saboteur are two that really are about high standards. Mm-hmm. So the stickler's high standard is about quality and things being done perfectly, the right way. A stickler is like, there's a right way and a wrong way and you better do it the right way or it doesn't count. And the hyperachiever says you have to do the most, you have to do it the fastest, you have to do it the best. So if you've got those in your mix, it's definitely that piece. We don't even realize when those are our saboteurs, we don't even realize that other people
0: aren't driven the same way. They're not even thinking about right. things the way that we are. Yeah, I, I definitely am a hyper And I think part of that was driven by working in pro sports for two decades and around very accomplished people. Um, you know, there was a lot of achievement going on, a lot of striving. Yeah, okay. Mistake number two
1: let's talk about mistake number two. Yes, saying yes instead of no. So, this happens all the time in our lives, but especially around the holidays. So, say, for example, your family is like, Oh, hey. Uh, how are we going to do gifts this year? And maybe you've already decided your budget was $100. And whatever your family starts talking about, it doesn't match what you had in your mind. But instead of stating what it is you need, you just go, quote unquote, go with the flow and accept other people's standard instead of saying, no, actually, that doesn't work for me. That's one example. But there are so many and boundaries, which is what this really comes back to boundaries and understanding what you really need and want and advocating for that, not letting go of it because somebody else doesn't like it or it doesn't fit with the rest. It can be really hard, but if you dishonor your own no, you'll find a lot of residual impact. So you're going to make your life more stressful, not less
0: stressful. Absolutely. An example that I gave at a networking event last night, we were talking, um, about a part of that. And one of the things I said, you know, for me, I've been really intentional with what I'm eating, especially since Thanksgiving. And, um, but the holidays, you know, there's so many holiday parties and so much, sugar and candy. And, and for someone like me that has a sweet tooth, you know, I mean, I could eat my weight in stuff that I should not be eating, bring it on. And so in addition to editing myself, one of the things that I have done is um, if someone wants to invite me out for coffee or lunch or dinner, pivoting that and saying, you know, well, let's meet at my office Um, where I can control, you know, what I'm eating Um, or if it's a friend and we just want to spend time together, you know, let's go for a bike ride or let's do something active and, you know, steer it away from food. Now that will dovetail into mistake number three. And my um, top saboteur is probably coming out in the way that I deal with mistake number two, uh, the controller. But, um, for me, that's a boundary that I've been able to put into place. And, um, I have, I feel much better about that.
1: Yeah. And you had to, in order to make that decision, you had to think about what you needed, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what wasn't going to fit with what was originally proposed and to propose something new. So one of the great things that I love about that story, Nicole, is you're giving an example that shows no doesn't have to mean like, no, you don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to be mean. Your no was a redirection. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, how about this instead? So instead of meeting for a heavy meal at a restaurant, how about we go for a bike ride? You're giving an alternative. And sometimes that's possible when we want to say no to the thing that's being offered. Maybe you can think of an alternative. Sometimes we can't, it just has to be a hard no. And that's like dealing with it. With any of these saboteurs, any of these mistakes, one of the big reasons we fall into the patterns that we, we can know in our mind, I don't want to repeat that pattern. I know it feels bad to do that pattern, but I don't know how to do something else. Or even if I know how to do something else, it feels really scary. I don't know what the outcome is going to be if I choose a new path. So I'd rather stick to this path that I know hurts me, but Mm. I'm comfortable with it. And that's totally normal. So I want if a a listener is listening and you have been saying to yourself, I know every year I tell myself I'm going to do better and then I don't, and then I'm mad at myself, I just want to give you some relief right now. There's a big reason for that. So the neuroscience part of PQ helps to explain what's happening. The big thing that's going on with any of our brains, with any of our behaviors, we we are always going to go to what's most comfortable and what's most comfortable is what's most known. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you have logic in your mind that tells you, I don't want this pattern, your brain, it's a rut for your brain and it's just going to keep going back there. Drawing a new path takes intention and Create creating a new neural pathway takes focus. Mm -hmm. The reason you're not able to do that just by knowing good information of like, yep, I know I need to draw a boundary. Only 20% of making any change comes from having information. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, most of us stay in the realm of gathering more information and more information and more information we might even have a light bulb moment when we learn new information. But if we don't integrate that and practice new behaviors because of that information, it just becomes piled on information. Mm-hmm. And then what we do in our in our saboteur brain is that we start to pile on the judgment about not doing it the right way because now we know the right way and we know we're not doing it. So there's a double negative happening. So that's where PQ comes in to help us Get a new pathway. I, you know, Nicole, you know this about me, but, you know, I've done so many programs before PQ and they were great and they helped with the foundation. But there's something about the way PQ was put together that brought it all together and made it practical. And I have seen over these last nine months or whatever, however long I've been practicing very practical ways that this has helped me to actually shift the way I think, the way I feel, the way I respond and not in a way that's forced. Yeah. It's it isn't a way that's like, "Oh, just stop doing that thing." And then I stop doing the thing. No, that doesn't actually work. You can't bully yourself out of the bad behavior.
0: Right. At and least not permanently. I, I um we'll talk about mistake number 3 and I will give a live example of something that I ex- noticed on a recent um encounter with someone and it, I I know PQ influenced how I responded to that. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, we'll do mistake number three. Thank you for keeping me on track, Nicole. Okay. Mistake number
1: three is wanting others to do it your way. So you have a plan laid out, you have an idea of how something's going to go. And when it doesn't go that way. When somebody doesn't cooperate with the way that you want to do it or the plan that you thought of how things were going to pan out or go or how people would respond, somebody's not doing it your way, you get upset. Sticking to wanting it done a certain way is going to increase your stress level. So if you have determined that the way to set out the the food table at your next family gathering is that the desserts are here and the main thing is here and the sides are over there and then somebody else messes with it and you want to be frustrated about that, which is a normal thing, especially if you have specific saboteurs like controller, how you already mentioned, hyper-rational is another one that can be really triggered by people not doing it the, the right way as can stickler. So getting frustrated that somebody else isn't doing it your way is going to increase your
0: stress. So what's your story? I'm so excited to hear your story, Nicole. Well, um, a friend of mine recently was vulnerable with me and sharing some um, obstacles that they were challenged with and the controller in me, which ironically, when I took this, the assessment And it labeled controller being my top saboteur. I had a a visceral knee jerk reaction. Like I am not a controller. And then as I got deeper into the, the exercises and, um, activities that were more directly correlated to controller. I realized, yes, I do get frustrated in situations where I am not in control. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So when this person was vulnerable, um, you know, again, the controller in me wanted to respond by saying, okay, this is how we need to tackle this problem. I would do A, B, and C. And you know, prior to PQ, that probably would have been my response, um, which may or may not have gone over well. And, um, but, you know, I instead took a deep breath and asked the person, you know, um, what does support look like for you? Are you just sharing this with me because you need someone to talk to and are just looking to vent or are you looking for suggestions? And um, the response was that they were open to suggestions. So then I shared um, some suggestions. but I I would have been perfectly fine if they would have said, I just need I just needed to vent and weren't open to those suggestions. Again, prior to PQ, I probably would have been offended if they said, Oh, I, I don't need any help. I'm not looking for it. You know, it's like, Well, then why are you telling me what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But because, um,
1: so that, you know, another kind of foundation of PQ is this recognition that for all of us, we've got this judge inside, this judge that uses these saboteur voices, and the judge is looking to judge yourself other people and circumstances. And what what I often find when clients are going through PQ is they'll come in thinking like, oh yeah, I know for sure my the judge of myself is like the strongest. And then as they uncover, they'll go, oh my gosh, I'm judging other people all the time, or I'm really judging circumstances as good or bad. And then I decide how I'm supposed to feel based on those situations. So I'm judging circumstances all the time. Your judge is on fire all the time, unless you learn tools to quiet it down and redirect it. But for most of us, for most of us, especially without PQ, we are just letting that judge voice go. And that situation you, you explained is such a perfect example because the old pattern was that you were interpreting that conversation to mean I need to solve this problem. They're coming to me because they need a solution. I'm going to help them with a the solution. And then they're going to do the solution and there's going to be no problem anymore. Yeah. They're coming to that situation maybe with a totally different thought. But when you stay in your saboteur, so if the controller was in charge at that point, the controller is thinking there's only one good outcome. It's judging the circumstance. The good outcome is that this person listens to me and does what I say (laughs) because I know I know the best solution. But what you've, but you, in that situation, what would have happened if you would have just offered it without getting their buy-in first is it might have just been rejected, even if it was really great advice. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> That's because the other person has saboteurs at work, too. Right. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, what happens when, you know, let's say that I hadn't um, come from the P- PQ perspective and I did respond from the controller. And I met with a response from their saboteur because oftentimes when we're acting out of that side of our brain, the saboteurs that, because, you know, I th- I think Shirzad said um, that we operate and, and of course in miracles says this too, we operate in love or fear. You cannot be in both places at the same time. And so the saboteurs operate from the fearful perspective and the sages from the love perspective. But you know, when when you're coming from that fearful place or that scarcity mindset, and you're met by that as well, then what happens? So that's a great question. And the
1: there's also a neuroscience phenomenon called mirroring and on a cellular level that none of us are consciously aware of we really start to mirror what's happening around us and we're picking up cues that are not things that people are saying but we're picking up cues from from tone from body posture from positioning we're picking up cues from our cultural background we're we're picking up all kinds of cues that are subconscious so like here we have two different channels. We've got the channel that is just like fact of what's happening. And then the channel that's interpreting all the other things. So if I say to you, oh, I really like your sweater versus, oh, I really like that sweater. Like there's a difference. Mm-hmm. My meaning, the way you, you respond to it, the way you think about what I said, it's the same words. So the words are the fact channel. The P on the PQ channel is where we're interpreting whether the good or the bad, we're interpreting all the other stuff happening. So when you start to re- um, refine your PQ muscles is when you can have different responses, but without practice, saboteur is gonna start mirroring saboteur. So if you come in and your controller is driving the conversation and you're trying to tell somebody else what to do, whatever their saboteur is. So let's say that they have a pleaser saboteur, mm-hmm. their pleaser saboteur is going to be activated. And that might show the form of either, I am going to, I'm, I, I don't want you to feel like you owe me anything. So I'm going to tell you, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Just don't think about me. Don't worry about me. Or the pleaser is going to say, oh my gosh, you're so right. I That's such a great thing, but not really believe it because it's only responding the way that the saboteur is saying, which is about you mm-hmm. and not about them. So then what happens to the controller? The controller is picking up like, well, something is inauthentic about that. And they want to go deeper and be like, no, 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 but you don't really get this. I don't want to leave this conversation till so you really get it. But mm-hmm. then you're gonna keep escalating the saboteurs. PQ is about learning how to step out of that dance. Because if you step out and you start to respond with sage, how you did in that scenario. Mm -hmm. The only option for their saboteur is to quiet down and eventually exit Mm -hmm. because there's nothing else matching it and making it escalate. So without even knowing it, your PQ, I mean, your sage response because of the PQ tools you had, Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: sage response started to be mirrored in the other person in a good way. Yeah. So they met you instead of with resistance or pretend, thank you so much, but I'm not going to do anything with that. Mm -hmm. They met you with openness. They met you with curiosity. And those are things that are coming from
0: the sage brain. Right. Can we talk briefly on what the five sages are? The five sages? Mm -hmm. What do you mean the five sages? The five sages in PQ.
1: Oh, do you mean like empathize Yeah, all of those? Got you. I thought you were saying, got you. I understand you now. Okay. So the sages, I actually have to always look at this because I will forget and I don't want to mislabel them. So I'm going to pull it up right while we're talking. Um, so there are powers. So when you're saying the sage, there are five sage powers that we can tap into in our brain our sage and our saboteurs live in actually physically different parts of our brain and the reason we tend to go to the saboteurs more often is it's in our it's in the most developed part of our brain the sage lives in a part that we don't learn how to practice but these are the five powers empathize explore innovate navigate and activate so that was a lot of eight words <laughs> Um, and I know action. we don't have time. Yeah, they are all about action and different reaction to mm-hmm. things. So let's just take an example of empathize. So empathize is often one of the weakest sage powers for all of us. And usually when people hear empathize, the first thing they think about is like empathize externally with other people. And 100% that's part of the empathize sage power. But one of the bigger pieces of empathize is to empathize for your own self. And so I don't know if you want to talk, Nicole, about the experience inside of PQ, like some of the exercises there. So with empathize, there were two different exercises, one looking back at your childhood and one looking forward um, using your wiser elder self, but Mm -hmm. then having empathy for who you are in the present and our empathy
0: for ourselves is often the hardest thing to do. Definitely. I really, really enjoyed the exercise, looking back at our childhood and, you know, finding the, the photo of ourselves and using those I am statements. And that was definitely a powerful exercise that, um, I, you know, I, I will go on to write my younger self a letter, you know, with, you know, basically being the wise elder to that person, um, and sharing things that I've learned, um, since I was that age, because I definitely have a lot that I would like to share with that little girl. And, you know, I have a niece and nephews that, I also mm-hmm. like to share and try to um, eliminate my mistakes from their adulthood, if you will. Yeah,
1: yeah. That empathize power is really, it really is powerful. And so when you're practicing in this age powers, what you're doing is activating that the less developed part of your brain, but it's actually the part of our brain that we want to be using more. So mm-hmm. like, as an example, you could say, like, let's take that same scenario where somebody came to you with, they were being vulnerable and sharing a struggle that they were having. The the old response out of the controller was like, I'm most concerned about the solution. And although the person is involved in the solution, right? Like it's better for them if they are not in pain, if they're not suffering the way that they've expressed their suffering. In that moment, what empathy does is it brings you into the present to say, okay, how could I empathize with them where they are right now? And you gave a great example of saying, I wonder how I would feel. So empathy, like putting yourself in their shoes and going, I wonder what it would feel like to me if somebody responded the way I'm responding. And maybe I wouldn't like it. That's a form of empathy. So you've not only tapped into yourself, but to them. So in that scenario, you had empathy. You use this empathize power. You also used other sage powers in there, but you were activating your sage brain to say, Mm -hmm. how could I respond differently to
0: get to the result that they want, not the result that I want? Yeah. And I think um, one of the other exercises I really like, especially in our charged political environments, um, is where you look to see. You know, it talks about how there's always some overlap in our belief system and not necessarily rejecting everything that a person might say. So if you are on, we'll just use politics as an example, because it's kind of a layup right now with everything that's going on, not only in our country, but worldwide. Um, if we're on different, you know, different sides of the aisle, um, a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, you know, just not even being open to hear what a person has to say, if I know they're voting for a specific politician. But, you know, instead, remaining open minded, staying calm. And, um, you know, for me, looking at okay what is it that we both want in common you know i think it's it's fair that many americans would like to see radical change with the way our government is run and how we get there we probably have very different views but i can find calm and peace thinking about that being our common ground and if we're having discussions you know, that maybe we agree to agree on that. And, you know, if things get heated, okay, we just, we don't agree on anything else, but we can at least agree to agree on that, um, you know? And and I'm not afraid to, to have those conversations, but I also am not, I am very boundaryed in, it's not gonna get personal. There's not gonna be name calling, um, you know, so that I I look forward to incorporating that strategy more into um, difficult conversations. Yeah, so that was the innovate Sage power.
1: And that power, there's two ways of applying that, which is one is that you were talking about applying the 10%, there's always 10% that you can find common ground on and the yes and game which you know improv is really based on that like oh yes and I'll add to that so in that example you're giving you could say like what I agree about what you're saying is and and then add something that is you know maybe directed toward more common ground versus how you know it would normally go and the other thing that happens in that, so this is like for listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing that because I'm so I'm so rooted to my beliefs that I feel like I'm being disingenuous or I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do to convince other people to believe what I believe. The saboteurs want to tell you that it's worth it to engage in a way that causes saboteurs to just rise up. So like if you disagree with somebody politically or with spirituality or what, how you spend money, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you are so hung, on, hung up on being right or having them see that you're right, you may win that small battle, but you're going to lose the war because you will never feel satisfied unless everybody sees you agrees with you, believes what you're saying, is starting to align with you, that you've had your say. And in those very heated, opinionated scenarios, the likelihood of somebody else actually hearing what you have to say if they're on a different spectrum than you are, is pretty low, especially if you're coming with your saboteur. They might actually hear you if you came with a sage. And they asked you a question versus you tell them what's going to be, but our saboteurs, this is the reason why they stick around so much. Our saboteurs each have what we call a justification lie. And internally we, uh, we believe, even though we never have stopped to think about it, there's a belief that we hold of like, I can't get rid of this saboteur because if I do, there's going to be a negative consequence. Mm -hmm. So like the controller thinks something along the lines of if it, doesn't, if it doesn't happen this way that I already know is the best way, it's the, the most efficient way I've thought about it, it's the best way. If it doesn't go this way, then chaos is going to ensue. Bad things are going to happen. The reality is there is a middle ground and the controller doesn't have to show up for there not to be chaos. But in our subconscious mind, we think this is the only way. Mm-hmm. This is the only way forward to continue engaging in these same behaviors.
0: Yeah. one of the tools that I've used is asking myself, um, do I wanna be right or do I wanna get it right? And most of the time I'm more focused on getting it right and salvaging a friendship or peace rather than being right. Because Mm -hmm. as I grow older, I know that I don't know everything. And I'm not proclaiming that I know everything. And um, so I'd rather, you know, just keep the peace and um, not have anyone have ill will over something trivial.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? If you think about generally speaking, as we get older, if we're doing any of this growth work, if we're doing any like self-reflective, work like i know that you're doing that i'm doing that a lot of the listeners are doing when you're doing that work what you're saying is so true like the older we get the less like i got it i know the answer we are and the more we experience in learning new things i can certainly look back and think you know 15 years ago in my life there were many things that i thought oh my gosh i am being so moral and so good and so just in the way i'm acting and behaving and responding and treating people And now I look back with like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did those things and (laughs) thought it was the right way to be it, you know, like things just shift. And I was convinced then that I was right. So who's to say that, you know, 10 years from now, there's not going to be a revelation of like, oh my gosh, that
0: thing I thought was so right. I don't feel that way anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So if people are curious what their saboteurs are, there is an assessment um, a link that I can put in the show notes.
1: Yep. So I will,
0: yeah, them. totally. Totally. I will put, I'll give you the link to
1: put in the show notes. You can also feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Kelly Abanda, send me a DM. So either way, whatever's easier for you. What what that will, what the link either that I send you in a DM or you'll see in the show notes, what that will do is take you to a calendar. On that calendar, you just pick a time. we we'll, what we'll, you'll set up a 30-minute call with me. There's this is absolutely complimentary. And then when you book it, it's going to send you to take the saboteur assessment online. So in that assessment, you'll answer some questions. It's pretty short. It should take you less than 10 minutes to answer it. You'll get your results emailed to you. Just forward me those results once you get them so I can look at them before we meet. And what I find is so valuable for people, and Nicole, you could chime in too, how it's how it helped you. I, what's so valuable around figuring out what your... Personal saboteurs are so. There's nine different saboteurs that could be, and everybody's got a little bit different mix. But when you know, when you've got some language behind it, and you can understand a few of the behaviors that it has, it helps you to be more aware of when it's showing up. Because I can guarantee you, your saboteurs are showing up much more frequently and in ways that you weren't expecting. So understanding is like the first thing. So yeah, Nicole,
0: that's what I was going to say. The level of awareness um again i i didn't even agree with what it identified but as we got into the practices and my awareness was heightened because of all of the exercises that we're doing i noticed that the saboteurs were everywhere and there were situations where there i could see multiple saboteurs you know taking effect and so i i am very thankful that you introduced me to PQ and I'm looking forward to continuing the journey and learning more. Well, I'm so excited that you're continuing
1: the journey. And just so that everybody knows too, like when we're talking about PQ and like the program that Nicole is talking about, it's a foundational eight week program where you it's kind of like the boot camp of PQ. So it gets your muscles really going and gets you the foundational pieces of positive intelligence so that you can start applying it to lots of areas of your life. And so Nicole has gone through that. Now I lead other people through that. So if you are interested in finding out more about that, we can definitely talk when we do your saboteur assessment call Uh, If you want more information, even before that, just reach out to me on Instagram. But I will tell you that like the investment of time and money and energy compared to all of the time that you've been wasting, overthinking and procrastinating and beating yourself up or judging the people in your life because they're not getting it right. All of that in such a short amount of time can start to shift. And that's so powerful. So you do not have to continue these behaviors, but also don't try to just change it yourself. That's not working. And it's not because there's something wrong with you. You just need some extra support. So use it. This is a great tool. It works for people around the world. And I am so passionate about it and excited that I found it and am able to share
0: it with amazing people like you, Nicole. Thank you. And can you share the testimonial from one of the people in my group, um, I know all of us spoke very highly of the change that we saw in such a short you know, period of time. Um, yeah,
1: for sure. I'm gonna share this testimonial and feel free to add anything too that you wanna add. But I will tell you before I even read that, I will just say the reason I even got into PQ is because I went through it as a participant mm-hmm. and saw the impact on me So that's why I was like, I want to help other people through it. I don't do things that I don't believe in. And so when I see other people having the same responses and the same kinds of breakthroughs, I'm like, yes, this is it. Okay. So this client said, um, they texted me and said, here are some of my wins from being part of PQ. And she's like, I went to a 900 person event and I didn't judge anybody there, which was a big deal for me. I had a visit with my family and there was no drama. For the entire time I also spent time with friends in the city that I used to live in and the whole time I never overthought I didn't disconnect and I wasn't getting myself um, removed from the scenarios like I would normally do in a way that would make me feel lonely or feel like I wasn't understood or I wasn't connected And those are amazing victories. And then I followed up and I said, well, what were the gifts that you got because of those changes? And this is really powerful. So she said, I got to meet new people because she didn't judge people in advance, right? So she got to meet new people and establish new relationships. She cherished family time together instead of dreading it. So PQ can shift the way you feel about holidays, If you're doing this work, you could start to find yourself actually looking forward to what you're dreading currently. And then she said, I appreciate new friends and relationships that I have found even more than I did before this work. So rather than looking at scenarios and figuring or just looking for what isn't right or what's not there yet, Mm -hmm. she's looking with gratitude at what already is there and really enjoying it. And those are really huge, you know, being able to be present and find happiness and satisfaction also while performing in your max capacity, that's what PQ does. It brings that together. You don't have to just have one or the other. You don't have to be top top performance, but unhappy or super happy and not performing. It brings both of those together because there really is space for all of that
0: when you learn mm-hmm. a new way of approaching things. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all of the goodies um, that PQ offers. And hopefully listeners and viewers can, um, you know, avoid these three mistakes and have a very peaceful and prosperous new year and holiday season. Yes.
1: Well, good luck. And I look forward to connecting with people with their saboteur assessment so we can get you concrete tools that this isn't just something that you heard and were excited about on a podcast, but can start to apply it for your own life. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes.